Welcome to A Farther Room. I have some thoughts to communicate to you. I truly hesitate to do this for a lot of reasons. I do this with good intentions, believe me. If you have not yet heard the last episode I did, part one of this series, I'd encourage you to listen to it. I think it's about 15 minutes. It discusses my thought process and my motivation to talk about this in the first place. I want people to know where I'm coming from. I don't ever do this where I talk about my work life, but I will here briefly just because I know there will be some people who say, who are you to talk about this? I'm not a vaccinologist or a clinical researcher. I'm a pharmacist who has worked in hospitals for nearly 12 years. I have a good understanding of pharma, a good understanding of drug therapies, and a decent amount of classroom training on reading and interpreting primary lit, which is the official name for research articles published in medical journals. I'm not a scientist. But I know enough to be dangerous. I know enough about the context surrounding this and about the vaccines themselves to ask good questions. And asking good questions is something we should do more of. Some of this I have learned by reading. I have spent lots and lots of time reading about this. Some of it I've learned by listening to other people who have more intimate knowledge of these specific products. I'm not going to try to convince you either way. I'm not going to sit here and tell people to go get one, and I'm not going to sit here and tell people to not get one. In my view, people should always draw their own conclusions on that when consulting with their own physician. I have received Pfizer times two about a year ago, and um, since then I have learned, we've all learned a lot more about them since they've been out. And so I think it's important to continue talking about these because a year is a blip of time when we're talking about a drug therapy. This episode is going to be free of misinformation even though I'm sure it will be labeled as such it may even be taken down which is another reason I hesitated to do it in the first place I would challenge people on this and hear me I would absolutely love to be wrong in my assessment of this and if I am somebody can point me to an answer to one of my questions in here that is something other than a fact check article that basically just says, no, if that happens, I will come back on this same podcast and tell everybody I was wrong proudly. I will do that without hesitation.
I have written a reflection and also mentioned in the previous episode that we have a blind spot where it comes to these products. We want them to be our ticket out of the pandemic. And so we circle the wagons around them and we tend to take up for them. And I understand this because I'm as tired as just everybody else. This is all happening to us at the same time. Yet I've made the point that we don't know as much about them as we like to think. We have been led to feel certain about them. But I would caution a healthy dose of, of skepticism. Skepticism does not equal being anti. Skepticism in this context means to be cautious in optimism and take them with a grain of salt. And last comment before we get to the main part of this, I will say the technology of these vaccines is fascinating. It just is. From a purely scientific perspective, it's remarkable what we are able to do in today's world. And if it is true that this technology, in one form or another, is able to be tweaked and used again in the future against other diseases, then I don't know that there are very many people that could disagree. That's probably a plus. If we're able to use what we learned from these and make it better moving forward. But I think their window appeal, the shine, the PR around them, and us standing there with our noses pressed against the glass, marveling at them early on, helped aid in some of the manufactured certainty we have about them now, still to this day. So here's the basic premise for the episode. The COVID vaccines are the first products widely distributed for which we do not know how much of the product people are receiving. I'll repeat it in a little different way. The COVID vaccines are the only vaccine products on the market in the United States for which we have no idea how much of it people are receiving. Let me explain. Vaccines, at a very basic level, contain one or more components that elicit an immune response. That's their job. They are injected or swallowed or inhaled and are designed to cause passive immunity to the contents of the product. Vaccines contain a set amount of antigen or other immune response inducing components like adjuvants per unit volume. So for instance, the anthrax vaccine is called Biothrax, and each 0.5 mil dose contains 50 micrograms of anthrax antigen. The, the flu vaccines that some people get every year contain a certain amount of either live attenuated or killed virus. 
Every person gets the same amount of the same thing. Pretty basic, right? Yet, this is not the case with the COVID shots. We can use Pfizer as the main example because it's, re- it's received the most exposure through FDA, but Moderna it acts this, has the exact same mechanism. Now, some of you are already saying, this guy is full of it. The Pfizer product clearly states 30 micrograms per 0.3 mil dose. Yes, that's true. It does say that. However, there's a catch. People are being given 30 micrograms of mRNA strands that are suspended in these lipid nanoparticles, or LNP as they call it. But the mRNA is not the real vaccine. These strands of genetic code ask our cells to be the manufacturer for the vaccine. Our cells take what we're given and then make viral protein from it. It's this spike protein that is made by us that causes the immune response. In pharmacy terms, you can think of them as a sophisticated pro-drug. We're given one thing, and what is made as a result is what actually does the job. Okay, so then if we're given 30 micrograms of LNP containing RNA, how much spike protein do we receive or do we make subsequent to that dose? If that's what produces our immune response, how much of the viral protein does each person make? And the answer to this very basic question is, we have no idea. There's no data from Pfizer or from any other COVID vaccine makers that demonstrates a mean or average figure for how much spike protein our bodies are being confronted with. And if that information is out there, maybe it's in the documents that the FDA are trying to get 75 years to show anybody. If it's out there, it's confidential. It's not available to the public. And trust me, I have looked many times. If you search, if you Google how much mRNA, uh, um, excuse me, how much spike protein is made from COVID mRNA vaccine, you're going to get a bunch of fact check articles that say you have heard or you may have heard that um, spike is dangerous or you might have heard one or one or two other rumors that sometimes circulate and they'll go off on this long tangent sort of addressing it and sort of not but it's not there trust me i've heard it described many places as a large bolus of spike i've also read that it's more spike than you would likely get from a mild infection obviously each person is different And there will be some variation between doses on how much spike is made. There are many variables that can determine that. The LNP is taken up by various types of cells. 
and different people will have different exposure of their cells to the spike protein. Immune systems are different and do not react the same way. One person's system might attack and destroy the cells, expressing the spike protein very quickly within a few days, as it's said, while some people may not clear it as fast. The longer you take to clear it, theoretically, the more spike may be produced and the more exposure you will get to it. These products are kind of like an old school gumball machine in a diner lobby. You turn the knob and you don't know what will be coming out. It's different each time you turn it. There are nearly a hundred, around 90, individual vaccines that are currently approved by the FDA. Some of those are duplicates of the same thing, like different brands of a flu shot. A, a decent chunk of the list is flu, different flu shots, actually. But none of them that are on the market now function like this to where people are being given an unknown amount of immune response inducing viral protein. I looked through the package inserts of some of the ones I was unfamiliar with. They know on the front end that people are receiving the same thing because what they're receiving isn't dependent on the patient. It was already made ahead of time. They don't ask the patient's body to manufacture the vaccine. Some of the other COVID vaccines out there are like this as well, like Novavax, and there's one other one I think called Sinovax. But the ones available in the U.S. have this unknown factor to them. If you're sitting there and you're doubting me on this, I understand. Let me tell you, there are so many truths that I have been hit with over the last year and a half. There are things right now that we believe to be true, are things we believe we understand, that are only versions of the truth, or just plain fabrications. So why does this matter about the dose variation? Who cares if people are getting different amounts, if it still works? I'm here to tell you, as somebody who has spent my schooling and my profession in drugs, I'm here to tell you it absolutely matters, and it matters in a big way. The reasons for that are these. The manufacturers have not taken the time to study this, and I acknowledge it would be something that be, it would be hard to quantify, but they could do it. They could pick a method and they could figure it out but there's zero information available on it. They don't know what kind of range is there. If some patients are receiving X amount of spike, and some are only getting about half that much, but still some are getting 10 times as much, that absolutely matters. How can you even begin to measure the efficacy of a product if you don't even know how much of that product you gave somebody in the first place. And 
hear what I didn't say. I didn't say, how can you even begin to call these effective, period, or question mark. I'm saying, how can you begin to measure efficacy of a product if you don't know how much they got? Because that's some that's basic info you need. Drugs have dose curves or dose response curves where you can check you can track what a dose of a product is versus the subsequent effect it has. And you'll see it, they kind of graph it. And there's a point with a lot of them that's basically a saturation point where above dose A or B, there's very little additional therapeutic benefit they can gain from it. And above that, you're not helping, you're only just causing problems for the person. So how do you go about determining how safe a product is if it's theoretically possible and not yet disproven that some people could be getting 20 or even 100 times the amount of spike protein other people are getting. This is all relating to a very basic question. How much of these vaccines are we giving people? That's one of the most fundamental questions of any drug intervention, and we can't answer it. A year later, we don't know and yet we're forcing people to get it. We need to have some humility here and practice what I like to call COVID agnosticism. Stop pretending like we know everything there is to know because we don't, not even close, and start acting accordingly. Start acting accordingly. This hear me, this doesn't mean you have to stop being rah-rah to these products. I'm just saying, why aren't we talking about this? Why have most people not even really considered this? It's because the official messaging that we have been given has been drummed into our heads over and over and over and over for a year makes them virtually infallible to criticism. You can't say anything that is even remotely considered a criticism. You'll be censored. You'll be taken off. I don't, I don't have like a Rogan type following, so maybe I can fly under the radar with this for a little bit. But it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous to not have dissenting opinions, number one, and number two, have questions like I'm bringing up that we need answers to. The public is owed answers to this. It is not our job to make ourselves okay with everything. It is the job of the people who make these to convince the public. 
And instead, what we've had are these third-party players who are government organizations who have taken on that role of saying basically what we have to do for two years. And so many of our basic problems in this pandemic stem from the fact that so many really, really smart, really educated, really well-meaning people take what they say as gospel. But that is an error. Don't do it anymore. We have seen over and over and over what they say changes from day to day, week to week, month to month. And they typically are several months behind reality on the ground. And they're very sluggish to update any sort of policy or recommendation. I apologize. I kind of went off on a tangent with this in the last few minutes. It all came out of, we need to have some humility. And we need to stop letting ourselves be so emotionally involved with one thing or another, with masks, with vaccines, with outpatient therapies. Everybody on all sides of this, both pro and against, need to stop and just think and realize we don't know everything. We just don't. And that's okay. There's no shame in that. But the problem is we've gotten, we've allowed ourselves to become so into this and we make it our identity. I know some people, some friends of mine on social media, and you know what? They probably say the same thing about me. Constantly posting um, COVID stuff. But they, it's like vaccine, 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 vaccine. And it's like, just how, if you're somebody who does that for a year, what are the chances that you're ever going to admit you might have been wrong? Like, what if some really, really good evidence comes up that shows that they weren't just awful but they weren't as good as you thought they were. How many people who were in that camp are actually going to come out and start saying it? Nobody. I mean, from the very beginning, these things have been an Instagram pick. People have used this as a way to signal to other people how much they care about ending the pandemic. And that's fine. That's It's okay if people do that. But don't do it like just all the time. And that's all you ever think. Don't let this new type of product solidify itself in your mind as some kind of pedestal or savior. Because the truth is, as I said, a year is nothing. A year is a blip. 
And you know how many doses of these things have been given? There's so much more I could say. You probably sense that. If you made it this far, I want to thank you for listening. There is so much, so much to talk about with this, but we aren't doing it. We only hear one side of everything all the time. And it's ridiculous. It's getting so old. And it's just negligent at this time. If you think there's somebody who might benefit from this or be interested, please share it with them. Um, I'd like to keep talking, but I could talk for an hour and a half longer and not stop. Um, I'm trying to keep it straightforward. I'm trying to keep to basic things. And I want people to draw their own conclusions. If you listen to this and your opinion doesn't change at all from what it was before you listened, then that's fine. At least we're having this conversation. I don't set out to produce content relating to COVID. I don't want it to be that way. But I have so much more that I wish I could get into. And I might do like two or three more episodes and be done with it. I promise, I promise, we will move on from this topic. But I just can't. I just can't right now. We're living in some of the craziest times. Definitely the craziest of my lifetime. And people are just not getting quality information, me included. Nobody is getting it. We're not getting good info from people who are supposed to be giving us good info. And they owe us good info. Instead, we're treated like children much of the time. I have a huge appreciation for the people who listen. Um... And I apologize that sometimes I let it go a month or a month and a half in between episodes. My life is just kind of crazy sometimes. Um, I know everybody's is, but I truly do just have limited time to devote to this. I'm trying to make it to where it's more frequent. So um for those of you who are out there and those of you who listen, I really appreciate you a lot. Um, I'm just a regular guy. I do not view myself as special. The people who know me can tell you that. I am not somebody who wants attention on this topic. I just want to talk about it in a way that doesn't involve somebody somewhere else telling me what I can say and what I can't say. I hope everybody has a good upcoming week. And if you have a moment, if you have an opportunity to do something good for someone this coming week, take that opportunity. You'll rarely regret spending the time and effort to do it. Until next time.